Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com, and for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page, and feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Hello and welcome to Lorehammer. Uh, my name is Eric and this is a bonus episode and I will be the only one talking in this episode. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today in what I'm going to talk about today. Um, uh, God, just imagine I lost how wretched it. that would be. I lost 54 minutes of a monologue of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> And then I found the dog. <laughs> and then they were roommates. They were roommates. My God. Awful. That would be pretty bad. Awful. That's why I don't do it alone. I think. So you have people. I do have people. On? Segway it. And one of those peoples today is Peter. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be back. Good. Oh, it's good to have you back. You got. You got to go back. I got a couple yeah. favorites that I really like. I like Colin. I like Peter. Uh-oh. I like Skyler. Everyone else. Call him out. Delete from the contacts. <laughs> Everyone else gone. Jeez. They don't listen. We lost your number. <laughs> You don't have it anymore. Uh, I like everyone else, too, except Christian, essentially. Of course, yeah. Jordan will... Well, nobody wants Christian. He, <laughs> yeah. Jordan is not joining us for this episode, unfortunately. So. Pour one out for the homies. Yeah, exactly. We lost them. Eric, that was your mother's carpet. <laughs> uh, but today, we are doing a bonus episode, and I'm actually just going to let Mark take this one. Ah, so uh, this episode is going to be my homebrew lore for my Tau Sept but uh what is unique about my tau step lore eric's just smirking well you said step 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 or two words in they're two different words <laughs> they are so what is your yours problem? a step what did i say what you, did you say you said you said step <laughs> i said sept oh that's what i said <laughs> bitch ah, bitch but what's unique about my lore is i actually didn't write it um we ended up playing that Tau RPG, the Eternal Horizon. For those of you who haven't listened and wanted to, don't listen to this episode yet because it's going to spoil a whole bunch of stuff on it. But basically, we we did this whole RPG, and I always knew it was going to turn into my, my lore for my Tau, but I wasn't fully sure until halfway through. Um, but basically, we'll just, we'll just kind of tell you what happened and... Uh, I don't know where to start. Should I reveal the big twist? I don't know. Of course not. But uh, the the end result is I wanted to make an army of clones. Very much a Star Wars knockoff clone troopers. We'll get more into that later. So once I discovered that uh, that's what I was going to go for, I ended up looking at the characters in the tower RPG and like rating them essentially in my mind like who who is good enough to be the original clone for my army? And that's where Peter comes in because... He played the character that was the original clone. 
Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> which I had no idea of no. any of this when we started the RPG. You didn't. You didn't even know about this. The players un- at all. No, you, no, you didn't exactly. even know this in the last episode until it was revealed at yeah. the very, very yeah, end. Yeah, the very, yes. yeah. very until end. the moment where he explained. Now, like this has all happened. You had no idea. Yeah, and then I That's even right. whipped out a model like the known scene, and yeah, it was good. So let's let's jump into it. The the backstory of my army really uh, revolves around one person, which is Peter's character, Montraz. So, Peter, if you want to tell us a bit about your character, like, it's a typical RPG. So, like, when he first, uh, when I first, you know, proposed the idea, like, let's do a tower RPG, send me your backstory. Like, what was the idea behind your character? Well, uh, because I wasn't very familiar with the Tau when we started, I went out and bought, like, one of the 40k Tau, like, novels. Yeah. So I read that just to kind of give a get a sense of what the Tau are all about. So basically, the Tau were summed up to me as, like, they valued four main things. So honor, obedience, duty, and self-sacrifice. Okay. So I kind of started with that as like, okay, if that's the ideal Tau, and then uh, anytime you're playing like a tabletop RPG or you're going to make a character, you want to have like a fun character. Yeah. And that means a broken character. Yes. That means, 100%. Like, yeah. which, a, is which has always been a reoccurring theme for us whenever we talk about it is you cannot create a snowflake or a unicorn. Usually that's your first character. Yes. The, Everyone the first builds the first in, one. Whether you're writing a, like a piece of fiction or you're playing a game like this. Yeah. You end up making like a better version of yourself. Like a perfect <laughs> version. Yeah. Without flaw. Right. Uh, and then as you kind of go through that you start to realize like oh no flaws are fun. And so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true because it just makes it that much more enjoyable. So I kind of looked at those different things and decided like, okay, my character was not going to be honorable, and my character, like maybe all my characters, obedience wasn't <laughs> necessarily. Actually, going back and looking at what I originally wrote, I had like an obedience part of it, but it really ended up being more that duty component. So duty and self sacrifice were kind of what I focused yeah. on, and then. Yeah, being a dishonorable character was kind of the flaw. Yeah, and you have you have another major flaw too. Your character was an alcoholic throughout the entire campaign. Yeah, so my character kind of starts broken. Starts <laughs> there's been some stuff that's happened, and that's the he's mystery got, of he's the got some battle scars. Yeah, and so yeah, he's a, an alcoholic. He's a kleptomaniac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's always just trying to just steal little things. <laughs> but his big thing was just. Uh, yeah, always looking to get drunk and uh, even to the point where like if the Tau like soldiers have like a camelback kind of like hydration system that he had gone and like jury rigged it so that it was <laughs> like had alcohol in it. Yeah. And it, my character was very much focused on making sure that his supply of alcohol continued <laughs> uh, and yep. that he could steal little things. And then basically arguing with Eric's character. Which that was 90% of the character. Every campaign. Yeah. <laughs> we said this in the last episode, but... That we just recorded. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, we Lorehammer's gotten a couple messages um, from people who have, like, listened to the RPG. And Mark does most of the talking, but I see the messages. And so, uh, we've had, like, three pop up that were, like... Uh, is that like Eric always? Is he always <laughs> like that? And so I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much who I am. <laughs> like, so good. not a and good person. 
It's great yeah. to role play with. <laughs> but oh, not to true. not that's to be true. friends with in real life. No, no, that's, no, that's a different. It's challenge. a chore. Yeah. It's a chore. So yeah, some of your positive traits. Yeah, you. Yeah, you had that kind of stuff. Another one that you really, I found was you really took charge, even though you didn't take charge when it was forced. It was upon a reluctant. You. Yeah, but like when shit hit the flat fan, he uh, he did take charge of things. Like he did run situations. So the whole point of my character going into this, having played a few different RPGs with you in some different scenarios, there's been some different times where I, my character has been like the leader. So the other 40ks, yeah. it actually happens very often in yeah, groups that Peter. Person. Yeah, Peter is just a, a person who knows what he's doing yeah yeah so my whole my whole goal for this campaign was to create a character that could no way be the leader of anybody (laughs) but when you have a group of people such as eric yeah so yeah the the, bar is set so low (laughs) the problem that happened very quickly is that we found like you need a leader for a group and so eric's character was trying to be the leader blooded but and nobody so, wanted but it didn't that. really Nobody work. ever wants me to leave. No, it doesn't take. It never does. <laughs> so then it yeah, over time and part of it is like when you're playing a game like this, like you just want to make stuff happen and you have opinions yeah. and you have like, oh no, we should do it this way. You th- so trying to sit back. You think you know what would be cool and engaging for people and everyone else has that idea. Right. So when other people are like trying to lead <laughs> and you're just like, oh no, <laughs> then I just feel it like you start to take over a little yeah. bit. But which worked in different ways yeah, for this it, campaign. It worked really well and uh yeah. So that's kind of we won't talk about like your dark secret of your past yet. We'll get into that later. But like Cuz there always is one. Everyone always has a dark secret. That's right. Yeah. And it, it does actually get revealed and I thought was a very satisfying way near the end of the campaign that really solidified Probably in my top 5 reveals for our games that we've played. It, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um yeah, so let's talk about real quick the RPG, uh, the the setting of the RPG. Basically, they're all Tau from a certain Tau sept, Falshia, Falshia, and uh, which, if you just listened to our Tau first sphere of expansion, you would yeah. know that it was established during the first sphere of expansion. Yeah, yeah. and that it is a sept responsible for innovative and experimental war gear. Exactly, uh, which really I I tried to use in the campaign for reasons for them to modify their pulse guns or different reasons to kind of make it so there can be more unique. We had a little more custom ability than most probably people in the Tau Empire would. Exactly. So the fourth fourth sphere of expansion happens and for anyone who knows about that it's the sphere that they set up this huge military campaign and then as soon as they fire up their FTL drive to jump to the next system a gi- the giant warp rift, the Cicadictrix Maledictum that's close enough. I mean, they'll know close. what you're talking about. It rips open, and the Tau gets sucked into it, and they get flung across the galaxy, and, you know, there's a whole big thing that happens. But all the characters that were playing were on a Tau Manta Missile Destroyer. Uh, it's like just a small... It's a transport. It's a transport, yeah. Capacity for, what, 50 Tau? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then some devil fish and a couple suits? Yeah, exactly. It's just an aerial lander, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it gets flung across the galaxy, and uh, during the experience, uh, they get invaded by demons and whatever. And this was one of the, ex- the times you kind of took charge, even though, like, because Eric's busy, like, trying to shoot his harness I off. did, I did like, do some stupid. Like, you were telling people what to do a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. And my character was a, a veteran. Yeah. And that was the other thing that surprised me, because we didn't know the makeup of our campaign at all. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, oh, what class are you, and what are you, and 
kind of yeah, you work together to, to figure out something that and can you'll be maybe, useful. Yeah, know a little bit about the other characters. But this was really all of us coming in pretty blind to what the other characters were. Yeah. And then realizing that Mark had allowed us to create any character. <laughs> thing you wanted. And so many people were new guys and like nobody was a nobody hero was, right no. off the bat. Yeah. Everyone was like uh, the law or uh, Yui. That was yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Even though I'm like, you guys sure you don't want? <laughs> you can be anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, there wasn't anyone kind of taking charge in that moment. Yeah. And then for your backstory, like chaos was a huge component of yeah. your character, which led to you freaking out in that moment. Yeah, it, it actually was. It was kind of fun that, like, right off the bat, I was like, I can show what an idiot I am. And, <laughs> but the the truth is, when you play these games, like, you have these things your character is good at. But Peter's right. There's nothing more fun than showing off your flaws. And so, <laughs> like, one of my that's, fav- I feel like all you did. But that's but that's what's so and that fun Eric is why you were not the original clone. <laughs> it makes sense though. Uh, but like one of my favorite things to do is to think that my characters like have a propensity for getting sick. Or like <laughs> but not not like sick as in like disease, but like you sick up a lot. Because I like I know me in that scenario, like, oh, chaos like shows up, like I'm I'm probably just gonna like crap my pants and piss my pants and throw up. <laughs> So it, it was just, it's one of those moments where like I got to show like my flaw and yeah. like my big aversion to chaos like right off the bat. Yeah. So basically, you know, the ship gets invaded by corn berserkers and right off the bat, I kill the highest ranking member who was just an NPC on the ship. So it created that power vacuum. So really you two were the only two fire warriors that were of the same rank. You're the highest rank. Yeah. Fire warriors, I yeah, guess. Because there was another person. Pathfinder. Paul. I think yeah. we were all we were all the same rank. There was yeah, but Re- they, they, Rio wasn't were, and Christian yeah, wasn't. Right. The, the other but, two use one was a tank commander, so it's kind of a different role. And then the other one was a pathfinder, which once once again is kind of a different role. Sure. Not really a front line. Soldier. Yeah. So Fire Sky was the same rank as us, yeah. but yeah, Shadow's Blade was his own little thing, thing. going on. Yeah. yeah. So. So, yeah, right off the bat, you kind of take control. You kind of muster the ship a little bit. And you guys were able to survive and get off the ship um, throughout the campaign. Basically, we're not going to tell you a play-by-play of the entire campaign. We're just going to tell you little timbits of what happened to <laughs> little timbits. He said that timbits. last episode, too. <laughs> He's like, he tried to tease him with some little timbits. I'm like, Mark, you know you said timbits? <laughs> Intentional. <laughs> yeah, which is good now. We're just going to call tidbits timbits. <laughs> Uh, we're just going to give you, like, uh, defining moments of Mon Praz, essentially, whose name is also Donshot and, like, Tao, uh, just in case you hear us switch yeah. back and forth. Um, so they crash land on a planet, and, you know, there's a battle. And in that battle, you prove that you're a competent warrior right away. You end up, like, throwing a grenade and, like... Is that the one that the worm swallowed? Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty yeah, cool moment. I just had some good rolls right off the yeah. bat. But it was Worked also well. it was also like it showed your character's like craftiness. Like yeah. I'm gonna throw this grenade, the worm's gonna eat it, it's gonna kill him from the inside. You know, it was just one more of that little piece where it's like, yes. So um when trading with aliens too, uh your version of the t- the greater good was so that very, was a, a huge debate that we had right off the bat. Which oh, yeah. I mean, if you're playing Tau, it's only a matter of time before the greater before good. You're gonna get to the debate of what exactly does the greater good mean <laughs> oh, yeah. to different people, who's and, interpreting it, and yeah. And this was not one conversation. This was every, every yeah. Game. This was uh, <laughs> this arced quite a bit. It, it was a reoccurring theme throughout the entire thing. Was our 
different understandings of what the greater good meant and how we should treat alien races within yeah. the greater good and you know whether we had the right to invite people in and yeah and i and i liked the way mom Praz interpreted the greater good do you remember kind of how you did if you could oh, kind of essentially sum it up? yeah the greater good was what was i mean it was a selfish greater good i remember yes. that <laughs> yes uh, yeah eric playing blooded you had a more of an idealistic version of the greater good. Uh, Yours was a more practical, yeah, like right. selfish, like Tao first. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think that's how the Tao would or should look at the greater good is the greater well, good's your opinion. <laughs> and yes. then the rest. We don't need to have this conversation <laughs> here. Well. <laughs> so they're on this planet and they're trading with some aliens and uh, Peter being his character, Montprose being an alcoholic, eventually stumbles upon some alcohol. Well, because so what happened was because going into it again, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Right in the first episode, Mark throws us across the galaxy. So we're like far away from anybody else. We realized that fairly quickly. Yeah. And then it was a few episodes in when we found out as well that there was the time jump. Yeah, they, not only did you get flung across the galaxy, you also got flung 200, 200 years into the years, future. Yeah. And so immediately the first thing my character is thinking about is there's a finite amount of alcohol in my armor and... In your like your... Yeah, my camel camelback. Back. Yeah, setup that I, I don't have water or Gatorade or whatever else the Tao would have, but <laughs> I've got alcohol. And it's in short supply, so first thing I gotta do is find a way to get alcohol or make alcohol. And uh, that was well, the you, primary focus. You tried, like, one of the traders had, like, a, a cart set up or whatever, yeah. and you tried their alcohol, and then you were wandering around through this thing, and you found a still. Yeah. Or was that in the ship? Yeah, that was in the ship. And basically, there was this... You've basically discovered a still, and then you set up this elaborate ruse. It was... He pretty much started a battle yeah. with yes. this alien race yeah. and, like, provoked bloodshed yeah. to feed his substance... Yeah, because addiction. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it was good. Go, correct. Yes. <laughs> so, but this is good because it plays into like your character's weaknesses, which eventually you actually overcome to some degree. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll never get through favorite, the emotional. My favorite damage. part of the early part of the campaign was the whole cat and mouse game between Monpross and Blooded. Yes, where Blooded was so sure that Monpross was guilty. Yeah, and that had caused the big. Uh, like I threw the grenade, but it, yeah. tossed it into the weapons cache. <laughs> but it, it fits so well in also like our our dichotomous views on the greater good because I like refused, uh, blooded refused to believe that you actually wanted to help people, right. right? And that was like it wasn't just me trying to be it. Like no, no, it, yeah, I felt like it fit for the characters, yeah, and, and like everyone was being kind of true to their own character, and a lot of zany stuff was happening. But because of it. And there's uh, no theory around to stop the zany stuff from happening. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed trying to stay one step ahead of Blooded, but knowing <laughs> like there was just no way that it was going to happen. And, uh, that yeah. was my favorite part for sure. Yeah. So you, you ended up starting this big firefight in the roofs of capturing another ship so you could start kind of a Tau fleet for protection. Which was a great, great idea, idea, by the way. I still <laughs> Which, defend. Yes. I don't, I was so mad later on when, when we lost Mark the ship. The, the DM <laughs> took that ship away from us after working so hard <laughs> to get that ship. Yeah. So they get the ship 
And then they fly off into space. And of course, I'm not going to fucking let him have a ship. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So well, I, one of the, another reason why you could re- you wanted to refuse us is because you had control of the ship as Ghostwing. You you told yeah. us where we, we could go. Yeah, so it, it was just a it, low way to keep If you we had taken in. the ship, yeah. we would have had some freedom. And the GM does need to have Plus, like a modicum of control yeah. over the group. Just, just imagine this: a galaxy wide party split. Like that's what I wanted. Normally, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go to this building while everyone goes yeah. to this building. No, if you had two ships, it would be, I'm just going to go to this segmentum. You guys can go to that one. So I had to take the ship yeah. away. But what what ended up happening was, uh, you know, I set it up where they have to make a tough choice, um, and they the ships weren't able to dock with each other, oh, so yeah. they, you know, they had to figure out a way to get everyone across. They end up finding spacesuits, but of course, there wasn't enough spacesuits. And there was a time limit, so they couldn't just do some, like, if you have three persons and Yeah, yeah, river, we couldn't jump back boat. with two more. Exactly. Yeah. There's a time limit. So, yeah, which was a great mechanic and system that you created. It really did put a lot of pressure on us. Yeah, because they had a bunch of non-player character Tau there as well, so they could have easily just sacrificed one of them. Red shirts. Red shirts. They had some red shirts, <laughs> but uh, what ended up happening in the game, and this was an awesome moment, was they were choosing who was going to stay behind. And uh, Eric literally just, he's like, I, he, I rolled he the was dice. facing the wrong way, oh, but in yeah. the game, he's like, this guy's going to do it. And like he, he points in the game, and then he rolls a dice to see who he ended up pointing at. And he ended up pointing at another player character, Ori. And uh, when Montprose seen that this was happening, like he's like, no, no, I can't let well, this happen. But not like, only that, like Ori was trying to d- refute it, and I was yeah. telling him, like, this is for the greater good. Like, yeah. it's either we all die or you die. And at that point, like, it's random. We all had the same chance, like, yeah. except for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't even realize that till after. I was like, oh, that super was not fair. <laughs> but, yes, I decided that Ori had to die in order for the rest of us to go. Yeah, and I don't know why. Why did your character even step up to, like, because okay, well, first of all, Ori is, like, he's a law. Yeah, so he's a low-ranking Tau. And my character has been around the block forever. For Tau, so it's probably been around like 10 years. Yeah, so I'm an older, more veteran character. Uh, So it was just, it was so wrong to me, first of all, that it had to be this way. I was like railing against the like confines that Mark had created. (laughs) Where I was just like, no, there is a way. We just have to find a way. And so it was just that, like, no, we we just got to make it happen. I, I don't want to lose this ship, first of all. <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed about that. Because did you have your still with you at that point? Or did you already have it on the main <laughs> ship? I believe I carry told, this. No, no, you told Christian to take it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, Christian was playing Lightning Rider. Lightning Rider, yeah. And he's just like, you take this. <laughs> Yes. But basically, yeah, you, you st- stood that up. That was part of my deal, yeah. that I wouldn't take a, a suit, I think, if someone <laughs> would take the still. <laughs> yes. So I decided that I would take his place. Yeah. Because I had just been reading in a book, too, like a sci-fi book about like a character doing something similar and just knowing, like, okay, there's a finite amount of time and there's a chance here that this could work. And let's see how far we can take this and see what Mark's going to do. With and and that's the dangerous thing, too. Like, because did you think I was going to kill your character? 
because that's entirely you a chance. You made me roll for but it. there's a chance, we, right? It came down to a dice yeah, rolls. It did. So, like, I mean, who knows what's going to happen after the fact, but nothing good was going to come of, like, botching those dice rolls. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, you decided that, you know, you're going to stay behind, and then what ended up happening is you made a space jump. You know, you pulled the ships as close together, and then you jumped through open space. Unprotected. Unprotected. Yeah, and then reaching no space grab me. And yeah. bring me in before I die. Yeah, and it, it was just one of those defining moments of your character where it's like you you're self sacrificing and you know willing to do what the greater good demands, essentially. But it, it was very, very good. So you survive, your character ends up getting but he, a couple demodifiers, permanent demodifiers. But it, it elevated him in everyone's eyes yeah, because yeah. of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this guy His, will die for us. Yeah. yeah. Not only did it elevate me, but I was able to undermine it devalued blooded, me. Yeah. yeah. Which made me happy as well. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's definitely how I, also I felt took you it. You were so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like that you that that's not how I think Tao should act. Because that self-sacrifice should be part of the Tao. And, yeah, like, you only have a few more years left anyways. You're getting older. <laughs> the young guys are just starting out. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed that moment. That so, was a good high moment for Mom Pross. Yeah, it was a very a big redemption yeah. going on. Um, so, you know, they survive that. They end up making it to a spaceport. And... Uh, they're doing some stuff on the spaceport, but it the when you got into the spaceport, there were no weapons allowed. And just another kind of thing that worked for your favor through dice rolls. Everyone obviously tries to hide a weapon, but Montrose was successful in actually hiding a weapon. Oh, the ceremonial yeah. knife. Yeah, yeah. Just feeling like you wouldn't go without it if you could. So just got again, you got to again. It's just pushing against the dm to see like there's gotta be what a is way he gonna allow yeah. to make this work and somehow your dice roll worked and it wasn't a defining feature or anything but it just it does play into the the lore of mom Proz, you know like he's crafty he's crafty oh no it was a defining <laughs> moment <laughs> yes, it kind of does become one. <laughs> the low moments <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that the next uh thing the low moment you had uh in the bar <laughs> Basically, you okay. guys traded all your goods. You had a huge lump sum of money. Massive. And somehow Monpraz was entrusted of it. First thing he does, goes to a but bar. that's not necessarily true. What happened was that was the moment we found out it had been 200 years. So, yes, right. he does oh, go yeah, to the bar. Yeah, that is the But moment. the reason oh, he, yes. he, like, wants... Sorry, this happened, like, over a year ago. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, but, but, the, but the reveal... This yeah. was the reveal. It was probably, like, three or four sessions in or something. We find out that 200 years have passed, and then he has this massive chunk of money, and he goes into the bar, and he just is trying to kill himself through alcoholic poisoning. I, I think I only had, like, one really heavy yeah, drink because yeah, I was yeah. I was full of swagger I remember and yeah. like stepped up to the bar and just asked for like the stiffest thing that they had <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then Mark laughs <laughs>, laughs as any GM would that's when yeah I drank something that like you should not have I think you told me yeah that I was like blackout drunk yeah didn't remember anything else that happened yeah. so you black which out. is what I was looking for but it happened <laughs> when you found out that all your family was dead yeah right there's no hope of seeing them again. <laughs> yeah, so you wake up and you're covered in like a pile or in blood and gore because you end up stabbing someone. I was, yeah, you got into a fight with someone. And like, oh, I, I murdered someone. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's well, Strix. 
You murdered a Strix. Yeah. So then this so, weighs on your conscience, and I I made it like super like I tried to make it so it seemed like you murdered the guy. Like in an alcoholic rage, you murdered the guy. Well, this is so. This isn't from my notes that I took. Uh, for that next session. Okay. Uh, so first, I am drunk. <laughs> I am unconscious. I downloaded video of my bar fight, but haven't watched it. That was the next thing that happened. And then uh, the next place we stopped was, I am holding an armed grenade at Blooded. Which <laughs> oh, <laughs> came later. Yeah, because like the crew, or the, all the fire warriors come into the bar looking for Montpraz, and when they enter, Montpraz has just killed some innocent bystander. Nobody With knows that why. ceremonial knife. Yeah. That, 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 that you smuggled in. in. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Blooded, like, eager to take the opportunity to just pounce and beat the shit out of Montpraz, takes it, and yeah. any Anything that was willing to... Uh, like bring him back down after what he had done on the ship. Yeah, I was gonna take and use to my advantage because I, I wanted to regain that. Yeah, that power between us. Yeah, and th- yeah. So you pull a grenade, huge standoff. Everyone backs down or whatever, and you have to sneak out of there. And I forget exactly how you got out and whatever. Was it? I know? think we went. Oh, we went. We found a gun smuggler. Hatch. Yeah, we, yeah. We went through an escape hatch. Was it the bar's escape hatch yeah, or a gun smuggler behind? So mm-hmm. effectively, like what happened was, uh, I believe we lost all the money. Yeah, or like a huge portion of it, like half of it, or something. I ended up. It was I paid off a bounty hunter, and he called me a drunk, <laughs> and so I murdered him in cold blood because of it. That, that's what you I think. was drunk. That's that's what it seemed yeah. to me. At in the moment yeah uh because i remember i had the tape and then uh because i think i paid the bartender or something to keep it quiet video of it so yeah and then i took it i remember i had it but my character didn't watch it until later on and then yeah. we went down through the escape hatch because guards came in yeah and, and he somebody was, was locked up <laughs> locked down yeah. and um yeah you end up having to fight off fight to get back to your ship and get back onto uh out of the spaceport or whatever and uh once again you did a couple of cool things in that battle like everyone kind of did some cool things you hopped in a battle suit at one point and started blasting people i think yeah there was and another the standoff happened uh with the grenade though and you was that's when we were trying to purchase weapons from that uh was that it a human oh yeah i remember, remember we that. went to the oh, uh, to try so and get happened. weapons and ori what ori and i were like yeah we'll get weapons and you were like super against it there was a, yeah, a whole yeah. scenario where then i like was like pretending like i was gonna blow somebody's head off yeah you're that. like telling ori like play along oh for right? the video cameras because no the the reason was is <laughs> No, well, uh, sorry. This, this is this is so long. Ago. This is how I remember it: is that um, you wanted to walk out of that store with the guns, and right. he was like, "No, that's not how we do it here." He's like, "I send them to your ship. You're not allowed guns in this store." And you you were like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll just quote unquote fake rob him." Right. So you were you were creating a facade for the video cameras, but you were going to walk out of there with guns. Yeah, did it? And work? that's I think it worked. I don't. I think it all fell apart. Nothing worked at that point. That was when Mark was coming down hard. Yeah, he was like, "None of your plans are working anymore. You're getting too crazy here." But yeah, no, I, I do. I remember that moment. Yeah. Hmm. Somehow you got back on the ship. Who knows? But uh, oh, everyone listening to this because they just listened yeah, to like exactly. thirty hours. And they're like, uh, "We you remember better idiot. than you guys." <laughs> but uh, I I wanted to play it up that you killed that guy. Then you go back onto the ship and you play that video footage. And you end up learning 
um, that he tried to steal the money from him and then you you basically got into a tussle. He pulled a gun on you or something and then you shanked him. But I wanted to set it up to try to see what would happen to your character if you thought you killed somebody. Well, and I did. I think yeah. I think even for Monpros, like he thought like because he he yeah. did not have a good reason to kill that guy. And it was because he was drunk yeah. <laughs> that he killed him. And so that was that is like the lowest point in Monpros's like current dog shots <laughs> life. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the moment where my character like that was rock bottom decided to like get rid of the alcohol and like try and make some changes and like yeah. start some sort of a redemption a new arc. yeah <laughs> only because as well like recognizing like oh, okay yeah. somebody like being that reluctant leader yeah that was the beginning of that so that was yeah. the low point yeah so then you start building yourself up and even after you watch the footage you still were you didn't just go oh okay i'm redeemed and start drinking like you realized you had that problem, which was good because you could have just went back to drinking. Nothing, nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they, you know, they're still at the spaceport and uh, uh, Eldar pirate like pays them to go sneak onto the spaceport and try to find this box. And <laughs> there's two really good scenes during this kind of mission or whatever. The one scene was you guys were going room to room trying to find weapons because once again you're not allowed weapons on the spaceport yeah and you heard like a a rumor that this guy kept weapons in his room and uh, so <laughs> oh right yes of course <laughs> and, uh, this was when ori made friends with it, yeah the really weird, weird excitable guy yeah really clingy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh while he that was, was doing good. that and then we met the really angry guy who was it was just like some big fucking angry bodybuilder type guy. Yeah. I pulled up like pictures of sexy men on the computer, like <laughs> sexy buff man. And <laughs> this is who you're talking to. Yeah. Right. He's got no shirt on. And then we met the character that you wanted us to talk to. Yeah. Like the NPC that you had specifically created for yeah. us to like interact with. Yeah. And then everything went wrong. Yeah. So basically you guys were supposed to pop for the guns or whatever but no you can't fucking do things just by the book right you had to get into a fist fight with this massive fucking human and tau are not good in fist fights well so, except for when they are except for when they are right but yeah see everyone's fighting this massive human and he's beating you guys all up and one of the rooms that you guys encountered had this like weird alien like at this big big lizard it's like a, was it it's a, like a lizard person okay um and when you open the door like Montpras opened the door and there's this big lizard person and like he looks past them in in the room it's just covered in blood and there's a couple body parts in the back and oh yeah <laughs> the, the alien's just like right you guys don't even communicate there's no communications <laughs> bad at news all. <laughs> yeah so you just close the door and then you get into this huge fist fight with this other guy trying to get the weapon right and you thought like I'm just gonna go find that alien, the big lizard. <laughs> hey, alien. that's where when you're playing an RPG like this, you gotta make use <laughs> yeah, of your whatever the DM has allowed you to have. So yeah, like it only seems natural to go and knock on that guy's door, somehow recruit him yeah. with some crazy rolling, and then get him to go and like destroy. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, 
all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> the NGC that Mark has like revealed, had he's crafted for like to join us yeah, and to he help was. us. Yeah. And we had him murdered <laughs> within five minutes of meeting him. That sounds oh, about right Taken, like dismembered and eaten. <laughs> yeah, by no, back in lizard alien. man's room. It was room. totally like... That, you know, that guy doesn't like you. Right. Yeah. He doesn't like, yeah. I don't like you either. Yeah. So that was enjoyable. It just once again showed your mom process ability to go kind of outside, think outside. Exactly. Um, okay. So the other, the other thing that happened on this mission was the first player character death uh, of Shadow's Blade. And uh, once again, you, you can't just let people like know the obvious. So. Shadow's Blade got killed when no one was looking. He got, like, swarmed by a bunch of uh, vermin, like these rat creatures, and uh, pretty much eaten. But nobody's seen it happen, and when you guys came back to, like, find him or whatever, you found pieces of his armor and, like, blood everywhere, but you never found a body. And Because he's still alive. Because he's still alive. <laughs> and, and your character was determined to think that, and you guys stayed looking for his body, like sneaking around in this very Much dangerous... Much longer than we should have. Yeah, but it just showed, like, he cares about the people under him. Um, and, like, Peter, you would have stayed until I said, basically... We got to go. Right. Well, like, like, you just, how could you, like, being it, trying to think through as, like, the character, like, there's yeah. no way you're going to stop, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, well. Yeah, we found parts of him, like, like a pauldron or something and, like, pieces like that. Yeah. But he's got to be around here somewhere, so you just got to yeah. keep searching until you... But there were other characters who did call it off, like, uh, Paul's character, and I think even Ori was a, called it off first. Before, like, you're fine, like, okay, we got it, sure. we're done. So you, you held out the longest in looking. It was just one of those nice little, you care about the people under you. Um, yes. It was a towel for the people. By the people. Of the people. Eagle. <laughs> um, yeah. And, of course, you're a kleptomaniac, so the objects that you were sent to go onto the, sh- the spaceport to get, you stole, you hit it. That's right. He, well, it, so Elder, he was changed, Elder but he wasn't Corsair that changed. is not Tau, so Tau first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was enjoyable. Um, oh, yes. that was a piss-off. That was, that was great, actually. <laughs> I don't think... Completely, like, bald-faced lied to him. That yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I was the there box. that game. Well, you... No, yeah. no, you weren't. Yeah, you because weren't. I came back to find out that we actually still had this. Like, yeah, I sleight yeah. of handed the orb or whatever yeah. it was into my possession, then, like, closed up the empty box, and no one knew that it was stolen, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had done it without, I think, anyone finding out. And so yeah. then we presented it to the elder Corsair, and he opened it, and it was empty, and it was just like, oh, that's oh, the shit. way we found it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, oh. But it was just enjoyable always watching you steal stuff. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, it's hey, it's a, a redemption process. It wasn't yes, instantaneous. Yes. I was not automatically drinking good. at that point. But no, it was a clear headed thievery. That's right. I, I was still a terrible person. Um, the next point I have is uh, the next mission. Uh, they get they end up getting captured by an Imperial cruiser and taken prisoner. Um which was really cool. I, I enjoyed seeing like the gothic medieval style <laughs> setting. Yeah. On like a ship. It was fun. That yeah. was a terrifying moment because again, yeah. it was like, 
what is going on? Like everything we're trying is failing. And just that realization of like, oh no, this is happening. Yeah. We can't escape. We've this. been captured yeah. by the Imperium, so we're probably gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you guys end up making an escape though, but uh, during the escape, Montpoise takes a bunch of shots and is nearly killed. Uh, but he, he ends up putting up a fight, kills a couple, takes some more shots, kills a couple more, and uh, gets pretty much uh, knocked unconscious. But uh, this comes into play later. He basically... Montpoise cannot be killed. You cannot kill the dude. He jumps through space. He rolls. He's fine. He gets shot. He rolls to see if he dies. He survives. Like It's a reoccurring theme of his character, and it's just another one of those times... And it's a time that I'm going to bring up on tabletop. No, no, just a flesh wound. He's fine. <laughs> if ever he gets killed, he's on just tabletop, retreating. No, no, he's, he's he'll be fine. He'll yeah. get back up. Um, so next thing, uh, you you really kept the peace on the trade agreements. Like you, they end up going to like a mining colony, made a tr- like trade agreements and a peace agreement. And lots of people are like, oh, let's just kill them. And you really kind of just simmered everyone down a little bit. They killed somebody at the very beginning. You helped hide the body, like. Everything's cool. Every nothing to see here. Like it, it was just like you were willing to then deal with Xenos and not just you know. It was showing openness essentially, which plays into the future of what will happen. So <laughs> nothing major. Little did I know. Little does he know. He was one so, step closer. Yeah. This. So then we did that whole mission. It was like three missions. I did some trades. Whatever. Nothing really important. But the next. Uh, like little mini campaign that they went on. This is the defining f- moment of Mon Praz. And also when I knew now, like this is going to be the towel that I clone. So what ended up happening is uh, they approached a world and the world was like a dead world. Uh, there's like some solar flare that scorched the, the surface or something like that. And when they scan, highly radiated, highly radiated, when they scanned the planet, they end up finding three life forms like buried down below. So they go down and investigate, and when they reach, they come across these uh, like cryostasis pods. And throughout further investigation, um, they find out like that their brains are still active and that they're actually like in a computer, very much like the Matrix. They're plugged into this computer, and then there's two empty cryostasis pods beside them. So naturally, the players want to go inside and find out. So Mom Proz went inside, and somebody else did. Ori? Uh, and well, Demetrius had joined our party at this point oh demetrius as yeah. well as yeah. the human oh so the he human went inside him. yeah yeah that's because right. we met him in prison in prison yeah on the on ship the, yeah. yeah the human crazy hermit man yeah yes with the bag over his head <laughs> the bag over his head and the really yeah. big eyes yeah <laughs> um, so he went in with us yeah so <sighs> we, we let him pilot a battle suit it was tough times, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, he uh, just kind of did it. He First did of just all, yeah, he, said he, he tinkered had, on he it himself, spending time like making it work for his body. Yeah. And uh, which we just allowed, and then he just left. Yeah. So we had to like chase after him. That's so we right. didn't so much allow as yeah. it just kind of happened, <laughs> and we didn't kill him. Yeah. We didn't kill him. That was our big mistake. <laughs> but I, I thoroughly enjoyed the entire time of being inside that simulation. That was yeah. Quite do you want to do you want to describe kind of what what went down? Oh well, it was the crazy dream world. Yeah, where I don't even remember the name of the enemy. I don't, know. I don't even know that if it had a name. He was like a Joker the, or something. Yeah, he was, yeah, like, it was like a, a jester. crazy and jester. Basically, the the scenario that they were playing in the computer. 
was like you know they they learned that uh, they went into the computer and into cryo sleep because the sun destroyed their planet and they were just waiting out centuries until they could reemerge and repopulate the planet. But they programmed an AI to like look after them to keep them happy, That's right. keep and them the satisfied, AI went crazy. But the AI, yeah, eventually started to realize. Well, as only, all things do, the only reaction he could get out of his like because uh, he's just going off of like the heart rate or whatever you know the only thing he could get to make his people feel something was to scare them and to make them have horrific lives so the aliens were just trapped there for like hundreds of years living these horrific lives um and it was like they you would basically live your darkest moment over and over and over and Montpras had no control over this situation. He tried killing the jester. You know, they tried hacking the system. They tried doing all these things, but he couldn't do nothing. And eventually the jester ends up making Montpras's darkest moment. Well, happen. yeah, because he had been tormenting Demetrius, first of all. Yeah. He had been getting, like, the brunt of it. Yeah. So being, like, forced to go to, like, and be worshipping the emperor. Oh, yeah. All the things <laughs> that he, like, didn't want to be yeah. doing. And then, like, yeah, kind of, like seeing this from the periphery and then but yeah getting to the point where then this ai is trying to torment mom pros can we do one one key yeah, thing yeah. um the people there was two people on the outside of the pods and two people on the inside and the two people on the outside could see what was happening that's on right the inside yes and right this is essential because blooded was on the outside as well as ori so they're watching this whole time yeah, we're trying to find ways to like communicate, and they were yeah. trying we're, to we're trying to be able to affect what's happening in the dream world while not being able to do it. And it was very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So it it got to the point where he turns his attention AI to you, is trying to break yeah, you, break me by showing me like my darkest moments. Yeah, uh, which then led to the reveal of some of like the past that I had. So when Why I wrote you are the way you are. When I wrote my backstory too, I I sent it to Mark and you're never like sure like does the DM like read it? Like sure. do know. they care? How much <laughs> yeah. are they gonna incorporate right, it in? Exactly. So you're just like, I don't know. So and then it had kind of lied dormant for so long. And then all of a sudden here was this like great opportunity where it was just showing how like the darkest moment of Montpross's life was something that he had been wrestling with for a long time. And so the darkest moment of Montpross's life was back before he was Montpross, before he was Donshot, he was Solar Ray, and that was his name. And he was like incredibly famous and known throughout Tau space. Everybody knew who Solar Ray was. Not quite a pure tide, but... He was used he for was propaganda yeah. and... Uh, so everybody kind of knew that name, but then Solar Ray died as far as Tao would know. Yeah. But yeah. the reality was that there was... He, um, he died fighting valiantly for the greater good. Valiantly? Valiantly. Valiantly. <laughs> he was valiant. He was incredibly valiant. <laughs> yes. Uh, so there was a battle, and uh, basically uh, Solar Ray, his com- the commander was killed, and he was now put in a position to lead and give orders and so he ordered all his like Tau men following him now to go in they were all killed he got like communication that you know he shouldn't have done that but it was too late and anyways everyone died except him and uh, a couple others and then this led to him being kind of ostracized and he no longer could be this hero he'd made this terrible mistake and then this was his past so he solar ray was like killed and then 
Mompros was the name that they gave him. Don Shot was his new name. Yeah. And then that's where, so for my character, I never wanted to take command because I had done it once and it had gone wrong. That's why I started drinking. And, yeah. But in this moment of being able to say like that Mompros has been thinking about this moment for years and years and years and replaying it. And so it doesn't have the same effect on him anymore because he's kind of processed and worked through it. Yeah. And so he's able to kind of break down what the AI is trying to do. And basically that idea of like, you can't torture me. I've already tortured myself worse than you ever could. Yeah. Yeah. And revealing all of that. And that's a huge portion is now everyone knows. Yeah. And it played into Eric's backstory because Blooded grew up with Solar Ray as like his personal hero. Yeah. That was like the propaganda. Like when I go through the Academy, like that was who I was told was like the lead, the hero of the Tau. Yeah. So it clicks in your brain, like all, everything that he just said, oh, that's why he doesn't lead. That's why he is the way he is. Like it all clicks and you realize who this, who he could be, who yeah, he was. Yeah, who he was. And uh, really, you know, they, they end up escaping the, the AI and... Uh, they they hack it or whatever, but that's not important. Hacker man, hacker man, hacker tail. But what is important is like they all realize that like they have like this great leader, a hero, a hero amongst their midst, and they end up placing Solar Ray Dawnshot in charge, and uh, very reluctantly, which was really a surprise though for me both like for me as a the player and for my character, where all of a sudden the huge change that took place in like. Yeah, characters like Blooded, yeah, who all of a sudden like completely, 180. yeah, 180s into like <laughs> you should lead us, and me still being like, no, I'm I'm still a garbage person <laughs> and like terrible, and not being able to kind of see himself as being that leader. Yeah, uh, so I, I thought that was really a fun kind of thing to play out. Yeah, so it took a couple good minutes of me being like, uh, like Blooded was like, no, you have to do it, but then. It, it was like Eric is like, no, Peter, literally, like, I'm not going <laughs> to leave this conversation until you agree right. that Solar Ray is going to take over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was good. So now now he's in charge. He's back in a position of power. Um, and uh, they, they leave that planet. They jump to the next planet, the next scenario I've set up for them. And in this scenario, uh, they come in contact with a lizard race of geneticists called the Sahalin. And... Uh, they basically are outcasts from their race because they tamper with genetics, and uh, that's like illegal. In they're trying to challenge like the status quo of their race. Yeah, and they just want to be scientists. They just want to like see like what they can do. Yeah. So heresies. I'll tell you that right now. They they basically end up paying the Tau. Well, they they promise them like, oh, like if you protect us, we can get you back home. So because they are very advanced technologically, yeah, they're, they're super, super, super scientists. So <laughs> they promise a way back home. You guys end up uh, doing this huge epic battle, and you know there's a week of time where um, you're basically setting up defenses, but also talking to the Sahelin, and you're able to convince them to join the greater good, essentially, or you talk to them at least about it. And uh, yeah, there, there's a huge battle, and this is the very final mission that they do. There's this huge battle, and. Uh, you know, aliens are coming down and, you know, they think they have this perfect defense. And the first couple missions are like killing waves and they're killing them, slaughtering them, no problem. Well, we're so, in our battle suits. It's awesome. Yeah. Like for us as players, like we knew that the campaign was going to be coming to a close. 
clothes. Yeah. But like in my mind, that's like we get home. sail off into the sunset. Yeah. No, arrive home. Thank you. Everyone's going to be <laughs> safe. And so like, sure, like we fight one last battle and then we all get. It. And so then as we're playing through it. Yeah. And you're slowly starting to see like. This is I this forgot is we're not playing the kind in 40k. Of, yeah, this is not that kind of story. <laughs> yeah, because one by one I kill a person. Oh, that person that you've been playing with for 30 hours is now dead. Right. Yeah, so I was convinced that you were just going to kill everyone. everyone. That, this, that was how the story was going to end, is we just all die here. <laughs> and again, for, for me, I'm just like, no, screw you, Mark. <laughs> like, no, this I is don't not to you. what happens. You already took away that ship. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to end like I'll this. I'll tell you there how this ends. There has to be a way for my character to escape this. Yeah. And even like everyone else... There was kind of like no last stand, like yeah. this kind of giving up. Fall. Yeah, and I was just like, no way, I do not <laughs> go out like this. Yeah, and this whole time, like I obviously know where the story's going. I know I'm gonna keep Peter alive. I know I'm I have gonna no kill. idea of that. <laughs> exactly. Though. I know I'm gonna kill this guy, then this guy, then this guy, <laughs> and uh, the whole time keep Peter alive. So you know you're putting in your violent, vi- valiant last stand. And, uh, you know, everyone <laughs> around you, all the other fire warriors eventually die off and you're the last one that's remaining. And, you know, you kill a couple more of the alien invaders and eventually your battle suit gets damaged and you end up like having to leave it. And uh, so you leave your battle suit, crawl out into this like fiery wreckage. There's just bodies everywhere and you don't have a gun on you and you're being surrounded by enemies. <laughs> and uh, in the very first mission... There was the commander of the Tau Manta missile destroyer who had a fusion blade on him. And Peter, Montpraz being As actually a one for sticky fingers, ends up picking up yeah. that guy's fusion blade, which essentially think of a lightsaber. Yeah, it's a lightsaber, but just remember that Tau are not combat yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. And my character was never, no, never gonna be that. like melee focused. Yeah. Did you just want it because you were like, that's cool? No, you just, you just take. Body. Yeah, yeah. You just if it's take. there, you take it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I also took a, a photo of like his wife and child, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. I kept with me. Yeah, um, that's what you like put on like your bathroom mirror. Eventually, that's right. you blow them kisses. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna do good by them. Yeah. But, I'll give them the fusion blade. This was your father's <laughs> blade. Throughout the entire campaign, you never mention it you never touched it once ever yeah I, just, I knew it was there sure but again it was like i don't know like I, what am i gonna do with this yeah so yeah we're not combat guys so you're standing surrounded by a bunch of enemies and you look to your hip and you look you had a fusion blade so you turn it on and i start sending waves of guys after you and this was all dice rolls too um yeah this part was really cool this was really cool because when it comes down to dice rolls as a GM and you're trying to actively push a story, it can be nervous because one failed dice roll, then you have to... Then you, you have, have to the do, hand of God. Yeah, and that's never fun. But I didn't hand of God this, and it was awesome. Well, this is the part where I started to go, what is going on now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is... I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> like, I think maybe I have a chance of getting out of this. And yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, first guy comes, you roll a dice roll, and you're able to cut him in half. Next guy, same thing. Next guy. And, like, he's rolling crazy. Like, it was all just, like, perfect rolls, and, you know, it, it's almost like this was meant to be. You were using Rio's dice, weren't you? <laughs> no. Yellow dice. No. Was, uh, I'm glad that other people are in on that <laughs> now, though. I'm glad to share that. 
<laughs> so you kill a whole bunch of them and you end up like scaring all the other invaders away with and your prowess yeah and it was awesome you're standing just covered in blood just like enemy corpses all around you once again you're the last guy to survive this has happened to you so many times now where somehow you should be dead but you survive um so you know the the dust clears and whatever and the the sahel in the client race like approaches you and it's like thank you for saving us like you kept up your end of the bargain we'll ke- keep up ours like come we'll put you in like a stasis pod and launch you into which i'm space. so happy about at that moment yeah. like i'm i'm yeah. absolutely gutted that like everyone that i just battled with has died but like the prospect of like okay yes this is a good end to my story like yeah you me, get whatever you want me off yeah. into space in the direction of tau space and hopefully they'll unfreeze me and like my adventure will continue yeah uh, and so i legitimately thought that's exactly what was happening <laughs> as it's like okay yeah get it I'm, I'm in i'm ready to go shoot me into space yeah so you know you flick the switch and the the cool air presses on his skin and he freezes and then you know like nothing happened he wakes up and opens the pod and walks out into the exact same room that he was just put into cryo sleep in and there's a sahil in there he's like Welcome back. Come with us. Come with us. And <laughs> and this, yeah, for Monpros was like, what? this is the Twilight Zone, Black <laughs> yes, Mirror. Yes. Like, oh no. What, the what is going on? No, I like just, again, I have no idea what's happening. And yeah. just like, oh, okay, what's, let's see what's happening here. What's going to happen next? So I, I take him on to like a, a balcony overlooking this vast, like, vast army of Tau fire warriors all in like perfect white army armor. And Think of the scene on Kamino. Exactly. Right you know, where, where Obi-Wan is yeah Obi-Wan is walking along the balcony and she's explaining everything to him. That's the scene he's having. It, it, literally exactly that's yeah. how it should be. And then the big reveal is like you know the one fire warrior comes up and he takes off his helmet and it's Mom Praz. They're all clones of Mom Praz. And they're basically like um, we've joined the greater good because of you this is what we did. Like, we're going to create a Tau Empire on this side of the galaxy. And you you are in charge, Montpraz, of this, this army that we've made for you. Yeah, and th- this is the point where I think, like, for Montpraz, that is a horrible, horrible nightmare <laughs> that is. would haunt him for a long time. So it's, the question is, because, and I love the kind of, like, ending the campaign on that moment because yeah. like all that mom process thinking is get me something to drink yeah, right yeah i think like, that was like i think that was your line yeah, yeah. i need yeah. a drink because it's just like this is the worst thing ever I, just curl up in a ball and want to like go back to being a horrible <laughs> drunk to forget everything everyone that's been lost again that hope of seeing like was taken away and going back it's never gonna happen i think one of the craziest things um when mark was explaining this to me like the just right before we were playing this he's telling me like i came up with my tau 
idea three episodes before the final and we played 15 episodes yeah so on episode 13 i told you my plan yeah but i just remember being like oh like that's so cool like what who wouldn't want that because you were toying with the idea of do you give monpraz the choice or do you just unwillingly do that to him and i was like who would not accept that choice and you one of the best things you ever told me you were like could you imagine him having to watch himself die over but and over him he survives because he cannot be fucking killed. right <laughs> right and there's yes, always exactly. more of him too yeah. so yeah. i was like oh my gosh that's Grim terrible dark. it's 40k like he is he, like every time like someone's crawling to him they're dying it's, it's him. him yeah <laughs> Oh, man. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So that's where we ended the, ca- the campaign, and that's why I took Monfraz out of Peter's hands. Super thankful the way it went down. You couldn't have asked for anything better. No, and uh, then I took him into my loving hands, and I, I crafted him a little bit into how I wanted to, to him to be. I just want when you're, yeah, when you're playing the game with Monfraz, just to know that he's dying on the inside. <laughs> he fights because he has to. And that's what and it is, yeah. And he has yeah. this weird messed up family of clones now <laughs> that he's responsible for and wants to protect and keep alive but he also hates every moment yeah. of his existence and, and even his model when i made the model there's a couple things that i made like his face is super old and weathered and it just looks so displeased i posted on facebook and somebody said like that's one grumpy looking towel like yes, yes it is like, yes and then the other little detail i made on the model was he, he's having a lightsaber obviously but the other tiny detail is on his hip he has a bunch of trinkets like oh yeah like he's still monpraz right like he's he still looting forced into this situation he's still doing what he has to do but he's still very much monpraz so they yeah i take the character back um basically now this is where my tau army comes from uh i set up the solar ray enclaves like they they go back to calling him solar ray um a lot of it is more just like like once again, Monpraz isn't necessarily like yes, call me Solar Ray. Like it's could be interpreted either way. But uh, yeah, another thing to note is that um, the Sahalin, while they're cloning him over the the ten years or whatever, like yeah. they go into the ship, the Manta, and they find everything they can about Tau. Yeah. So information about Solar Ray, information yeah. about their education, exactly. their greater good. Exactly. So they, like now they have this guy who saved them yeah. and who now they're cloning and they're viewing him as like, this, this man is a leader. hero. Yeah. yeah. And so we want to bring him back and, and like show him how great he is. But uh, yes, to Monpraz, it's th- such a punch in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, the, the Solar Ray Enclaves is basically an enclave on the opposite end of the galaxy of Tau Fire Warriors exclusively. Like, there's no air cast, there's no fire cast. Oh, there's only fire cast, essentially. And it's all led no by No ethereals, Mothras. and that's the big problem. Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah, it's a clone army. Like, I very much made it a clone army. Like, Star Wars knockoff 100% of the way. Like, no, no questions asked. Um, where am I going with this? So... <laughs> Ramble, ramble, it'll come. Yeah. So they're on the opposite end of the galaxy. It's just clone army. That's that's the lore. That's the lore. What's nice um, about it is that there's a very small, very very slim chance that you'll ever meet regular Tau. Exactly. And so your, your solar uh, solar ray enclaves will probably survive forever. Yeah. Because they'll never come into contact with the Tau Empire, and yeah. they'll never have an ethereal come and tell them what to do. Yeah. Um, but having said that, even though they don't have an ethereal, since it's all like super propaganda propagandized or whatever by the Sahalin during the cloning process this 
Tao Empire or this Tao enclave is a part of the Tao Empire. Like they believe in the greater good. They believe in all that stuff. It's not like far sites enclave. No, of course. Like, yes. They if you were to ask probably like a soldier in the solar enclave, yeah. they would tell you we would love to go back and join the yeah. Tao Empire. Exactly. But they're just so far away. Exactly. And if they ta- they ever did meet, they would just join them up like no problem. Exactly. Like, yeah. They're very much And Tao I don't think that, that the Sahalin are, are malicious with this no, intent. No, like, uh, they that's truly what they think. They Yeah, they truly believe in the greater, greater good. They, they in the came greater across good. this these Tao and they sacrificed They gave their themselves life. up for them. Exactly. So they believe in the greater good. Yeah. Um, That's my idea of the greater good. <laughs> yeah. So, also, you need to kill Puckshrooms. Couple, couple things. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, the reason why I chose Monpra is like, because as soon as I knew I was going to do the clone army, I was looking for certain guys, but he was a natural leader. Um, there's, like, we did all these examples already, but he was basically unkillable. Uh, he was clever and crafty. He was a great warrior. He cared for those under his command. He had flaws, but were able to overcome them. And he had a vision of the greater good that I liked. And all that came into play. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the story of the the, the Solar Ray Enclaves. Uh, so now when I battle, like, I literally have a Monpraz model. And I have all these white Tau Fire Warriors that are clone troopers. And uh, if Monpraz ever dies on the battlefield, I might retire him. I might do a dice roll. You might get a text, Peter, at 4 in the morning and say, <laughs> please roll a dice to see if you survive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Be ready for that, and yeah, we'll see what happens. And I've been I've been doing pretty good with the army. Um, I'll talk about the theme a little bit. Uh, it's it's Clone Wars, like they look yeah. like clone troopers. They got but white it looks, armor. It looks good blue. though, and it totally fits Tau. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they have like different squad markings, so like blue and white, and red and white, and whatever. Um, Monpraz actually looks like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, like in his pose. I pose him to be like that. He's got the arm back, pointing the sword, and like the yeah. two fingers. When he, he, when he fights General Grievous, yeah. and he's like, "Hello there!" And then he does like he's in that pose, and it's super sweet. Um, just another nod to fire or to clone troopers, because I really that's the only thing about Star Wars I like. Uh, the clone troopers use dropships, where uh, the Tau they use devil fishes and hammerheads. So it's kind of just like I. I don't use battle suits in my army because I wanted to do a clone trooper army based off of Star Wars, and they don't have battle suits. They have dropships and dropships and troopers. Um, so it's very much like that, just dropships and troopers. It's a very simple list. Yeah. Uh, every unit has a transport or a gunship, or is a gunship tank. So it's kind of, yeah. Uh, so I'll talk. That's kind of the theme, clone troopers. Um, I'll talk a little real quick about the army list. The army list is essentially breachers and devil fishes supported by hammerheads. And that's all. Like, I have a gun drone squadron and a squad of pathfinders. But everybody has a transport. And uh, there's no battle suits. There's no fire warrior teams. They're all breachers. Like, they're all these close-range shotgun It's guys. a very in-your-face Tau list. Yeah. That just... N- because Tau don't play like that, it throws everyone you play off. Yeah, and it's and a, no one understands. And it's a lot of fun to play too because yeah. it's a highly mobile list, and you actually have to like think ahead. Like, okay, I'm going to move here. I'm going to assault this unit to tie him up while I can do this and that. And it's it's a lot of fun to play. But it's a very breachers, devil fishes, and hammerheads. That's what I very got. simple. So yeah. yeah, so that's kind of it. That's uh. That's the story of my Tau Sept. It was really fun to do the campaign and have like that satisfying conclusion and then have this like awesome lore. Like there's thirty hours of my backstory now essentially that I didn't really I didn't really create, which is really nice. Yeah. 
you create you created the world and the dice gods were favorable for you yeah, as they are as, as they, they are, are. Yeah. yeah so that that's it um yeah tell me what you think i don't know fuck it life's good <laughs> or don't, I don't yeah I don't, I don't care you do what you need to do right that's yeah. what we all do is uh so is there something that you think you would have done differently with mom pros like, can you think of a, a moment to be like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, or I would have rather done this? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, it, it was just so interesting to me trying to not play someone who takes command. Like, that was <laughs> the initial thought, is like, I'm creating a character, but there's no way he can get in charge of anything. But here you and are. Then be, yeah, forced kind of into that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think there's too much that I would change or do differently i i enjoyed uh playing that character that, that was a good character it's good yeah i would say just keep throwing suggestions at mark for other campaigns that you'd like to see because i'd like to play another one <laughs> and i know it's only a matter of time before they all feel the itch it, it to will do happen. it again <laughs> I, so. i'm really having a lot of fun with the rpg we're doing right now but uh yeah we've got a bunch of messages like oh are you guys doing this again so it will definitely happen but um I'm an okay GM. I don't want to GM another one. You two are way better than me at GMing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You abs- You can. You can talk English. Yeah, it's that a helps. Huge it helps. positive. Um, so I. Yeah, my GM. Uh, I feel like a big Nazi when I play. When I GM, I'm pretty rules strict. That's fine. Marks was good. I, I liked doing. It was a, so simple. I liked doing a 15 game campaign. Like it was. It was short, but it was it was nice to have like a, a good finish to it. Yeah, to be yeah. able to like wrap it up like nice and tightly at the end was good because sometimes they just kind of fade out. Yeah, um, which is never fun. So I yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I've been tossing around the idea. I know Eric hates it, but doing like an orc free Buddha, basically pirates, and we all play as orcs, and uh, it'd be a mini like five game campaign where because eventually you're gonna get sick of talking like a fucking hooligan (laughs) (laughs) an orc pirate yeah but it would be fun for five sessions uh but we we will probably end up doing another one eventually here but uh oh yeah yeah, 100 we just we're discussing the route we wanted to take yeah this because this one wasn't planned that's there was no intention of this in the on the beginning yeah right like it was kind of a half-hearted, like, let's record it. And then it didn't work. And we we're like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And then we we're like, well, let's record it anyway. See what <laughs> happens, you know? So yeah. but just the the intent changes a lot. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. I think that's really all to say. Um, this was now, uh, Eric, I promise you, this is the last time you ever hear Tower RPG. I've heard that a couple times. I know. Now. I know. <laughs> I promise you for sure this time. Uh, they're just words. They're just words. They're just words, these Everything's promises. Just words. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't listened to the RPG and you have 30 hours, go do it. Oh, they have it. Go do it. Yeah, you've got 30 <laughs> hours. You've got the time. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye.